Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we hear from all types of fascinating tango professionals and community leaders. We hear about their experiences, their insights, and through that, we figure out ways to improve our own tango. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome back, all you returning listeners, and greetings to all you first-timers. Glad you're here. And with me now is the one and only Julian Ingram. <laughs> Julian, hey, welcome guys. to the podcast. Great to be talking hey. to you. <laughs> yeah, Joe, you too, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're a dancer, a DJ, teacher, orchestra leader, singer. H- how would you define yourself in, in terms of tango? <laughs> it's a lot of hats you're wearing there. Uh, yeah, it, um, you know... The, it took some time, I mean, to, to kind of decide how it is that I would, I would classify myself mm-hmm. because uh, having a background as a, as a professional singer, as a professional opera yeah. singer, it was so easy to say, okay, that, that's, that's my role, that's my function, that's my forte. Mm-hmm. But in the realm of tango, it's, um, I didn't want to have anything that sounded like it had a lot of ego in it. You know, okay. it's hard to say, <laughs> I do this and this and this. Uh, someone would make fun of me like that uh, years ago, but I guess I'm maybe a tango personality. Okay. Something like that. I mean, in in that, uh, yeah, I've, I've I've sung, I've danced, I've taught, I DJed, I've organized, I've, mm-hmm. I've this, I've that. But it, it seems like a tango personality, a tanguero, I guess, is in the all, yeah. in the most all-encompassing mm-hmm. sense of the word, a tanguero. Yeah, so a tanguero. Yeah. So, how did you fall in love with tango? Uh, <laughs> I fell in oh, fell in love with tango. Mm-hmm. I think it was going to the to the milongas because uh, I took some tango classes. My first ones were in 1996, I think. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was I was a young lad, and I had a high school sweetheart. I begged her to take class, and she kept saying no. And then eventually, I went, and I I didn't know where to buy tango music in the 90s. There were no, no iTunes. There That's was barely right. stuff at Borders and Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. and you couldn't find it on <clears throat> Napster. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <That's> so. <right. laughs> So I used to just go to the milongas and sit like a, I'm sure I seem like a doofus sitting in the corner just soaking up all this music. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, where do you get that? Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> and so at some point I'd, I'd resolved whatever you do to that music, even if, it, if it's dance, then mm-hmm. I, I got to do that, you know, and it just so happens that. I, I picked a, a genre of music that's directly related to a dance and a dance that's directly related to a genre of music. And mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so where was this back in the 90s? Uh, this is in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Is that where you are right now? <laughs> um, I'm actually, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Atlanta right now. Okay. It's uh, surprisingly. I've been, uh, you know, abroad a long time, and, and mm-hmm. this is the longest I think I've been in the States for at least six years. Okay. So are, are you from Atlanta originally? I am. I was born and raised here. So where do you live nowadays? Um, let's see. Well, I've been in Cyprus the last, uh, the last few months. Mm-hmm. Um, I went there and have been there helping to contribute or contributing to the community there. Mm, nice. Um, kind of bring some things that I've done, some history stuff, some musicality stuff, of course, teaching mm-hmm. and doing uh, some singing as well, just to say it, it doesn't take so much guys, you know, but it, it tango, it's such a very, Hmm. I don't know. I guess do we get this deep this soon? But in my opinion, tango is such a very sovereign thing. Yeah. And that that it's so individualistic and yet it's so collective and yet it's such a it transcends these borders and boundaries and yeah. and, and delineations that we have. And so it's to show even to the Cypriots, north or south, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what tango can do. Nice. And it's amazing how something like tango, even a place like Cyprus, has proven to be mm-hmm. um, a very diplomatic, bureaucratic way to cross those those divisions and borders that they have on just one island. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you were also a, a professional singer. So what was your impression of tango music when you first heard it? Were you already a professional singer at this point? <laughs> I was. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you're asking the questions that, that, that make me laugh. Uh-huh. at myself sometimes <laughs> um yeah I, I somehow well i grew up playing the trumpet since since about the age of eight oh, nice. and, I, and my ambition in life was just to be in a symphony orchestra that's what i was pursuing that's what i was doing and in high school um i discovered singing i'd always just sort of grown up doing it singing sesame street songs and driving nice. my mother up the wall <laughs> um <laughs> and it just so happened that the high school i went to my my local high school was a performing arts high school a magnet school for that oh, okay and so I really was very fortunate that I joined the program there and uh, became a singer. But in terms of tango, mm-hmm. uh, it was always there. I started even collecting music in high school. I remember, oh my gosh, I remember when, when ToroTango.com first came on mm-hmm. online. Yeah. Oh, you could go on there and you could actually just download MP3s of the stuff that they were streaming. That's right. Yeah, and you could go and get thousands upon thousands. And of course, I mean, who had the capacity on the computer to download thousands? I just had these, you know, these crappy little computers. Right, so right. I just listened to my heart's content. And I thought, Toro Tango, I can remember that. That's everything. Tango is going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast forward some years later, and I go back and I think, all right, I'm ready to start downloading this stuff. And it's like, oh, we're streaming only. And the quality was diminished. And I thought, no! no right, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, they continued to provide a service about it. But um. But yeah, with the music, I think that's where I had my comeuppance, was listening to a lot of the, the old, old, old stuff. Uh, um, Corsini, Fugasso with De Mare and, you know, these guys. It, I don't know, it, it had an impact on me where I knew that I was listening to music of one genre. But as a singer, as a professional, or an aspiring singer to become mm-hmm. a professional, I was singing in a drastically different way. Oh. And they were very bifurcated for me for a long time. And, and when I finally <laughs> had the the chutzpah to say, all right, I'm going to dare sing some of these tangos. I realized I was being laughed at by my older Milonguero friends and these old guys from Buenos Aires. Really? Yeah, yeah, because I would get up there and I would say, you know, uh, singing tangos like opera, you know, and they'd be like, no, 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 Julian, 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 we love you, brother, but you can't sing these tangos like opera. And of course, the operatic ego came in and as I thought, I can sing these operas however I want. And, you know, and it, <laughs> And it's like, no, man, you can't. I mean, you can, God forbid, but you yeah. can't. And I think it was uh, people like um, uh, Angel Vargas that really, really opened up my my perspective of of how these things, their orations, and he really harked back to something I'd always known was that mm-hmm. tango was about the poetry. Oh. And even if it's instrumental, these instrumentalists are still playing it as if they were playing and reciting a poem. And Vargas really reminded me of that. This really senor, this Nightingale of Buenos Aires. It, mm-hmm. It changed my perspective on singing tango totally. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. What are some of your favorite tango songs to sing? <laughs> um, I swear, man, it, it's like you, it's like you, you scripted this, like you knew, like you. you okay, because <laughs> I think about this a lot. I do. Um, to sing, I really enjoy uh, El Adios. Oh yeah, nice. There's a melody. It, it lends, it lends itself to be interpreted so many different ways, but it's also very a very melodic piece. And I think that's key because mm-hmm. if you have a piece that's very melodic that doesn't need the accompaniment or necessarily need chordal structure underneath it, then you know you've really got something there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, cualquier cosa, I love. I think cualquier cosa to sing, uh, to perform, it, it, 
you can do it so very easily acoustically without anything. It's just a very interpretive, almost uh, almost like a Neapolitan song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great having a musical background coming into this dance. You know, when I first started, I had been a, pu- uh, a pianist and a cellist, and I had no real mm. natural talent towards this dance, but I did have a sense of rhythm. That's the only thing mm-hmm. I had going for me. Uh, but I imagine as a singer and uh, dancing tango and actually being able to sing the songs properly, I imagine that probably gave you some sort of advantage over, you know, some sort of advantage while learning the dance as well as figuring out this thing physically. Yeah, it hit me in a way, it hit me in a way where when when you learn to really love a composer, I mean, I guess I'm speaking primarily a classical composer or something like this, you identify with their style and you identify what they're trying to say so that when they're, if they have a, a, a serenade or if they have a, a, a bolero, it's like you understand how they tapped into that essence of mm-hmm. what it, what they would be saying if they actually had lyrics. And, and I say that because sometimes, I mean, when you really get into it, even songs in English, you aren't always listening to the lyrics. I mean, sometimes yeah. the music just really gets you. And I started to take notice of composers and who would paint this musical picture where it would almost make me listen. And I would think, why do I feel so somber right now? Oh, that's oh. right. Because that sounds like that. Mm-hmm. And I started to notice this, this, this pantheon of wonderful composers and lyricists, lyricists too, who really, who really accentuate and bring out what the composer is trying to say. And, and uh, yeah, some of them really, really make you listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly speaking the language, it does help. <clears throat> but all that's to say that even when I'm, t- <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but even when I'm kind of tuning out mm-hmm. and really imbibing with the notes, uh, <laughs> sometimes they just say, no, 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 you got to hear this. You got to hear this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So earlier, Julian, I really liked how you said about how you, you couldn't sing, you, you're not really supposed to sing these like opera songs. And that was how that was sort of a learning experience for you. In terms of learning the dance, what, what are some memorable learning moments that you that you remember that shaped your dancing oh <laughs> oh man there i'm oh god there are so many <laughs> what oh, are a few I, that come that come to mind all right let's see the first one oh 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 oh, oh, oh. all right we're, we're gonna go uh maybe like one story and then another if that's sure. all right that's, that's fine right. that's fine so the first one i remember i started off with the people with whom I was dancing when I started, they were teaching me. They, uh, admittedly, more of a more of a salon style. Mm-hmm. There was more of a, this on the body feeling, but again, this was the '90s when people were still getting so very caught up in this. Is it apilado? Is it milonguero? Is it this? Is it salon? Is it? And ne'er the twain shall meet. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was like if you were salon, you were copes, you were piazzola, you were this. If you were yeah, apilado, yeah. you were calo with baron, you were so on. And it's like okay, mm-hmm. which was hard for me as a musician because I love the music, but I just wanted to experience whatever the dance could be. But I also understood that the music specifically changed depending on eras and epics of Argentine history, and vice versa. And so uh, I was dating this girl. Mm-hmm for a couple months, I guess. And she was very much a, a, a milonguera, apilada kind of dancer. Mm-hmm. And I thought, ah, I'm not seeing this woman enough. This is a horrible story to tell in a tango podcast. Uh, well, I guess it relates to women in love and tango, so it's okay, right? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, and I, her classes were on Tuesday and mine were on, I think, a Monday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. I said, I really want to have you go to your class and see you on Tuesday. She said, why? Why? I said, well, because, I mean, I... I want to I I see you, but I want to learn all of this tango thing. Uh, she said. 
I said, what? She said, everyone knows that if you dance the salon style, you couldn't possibly dance this apilado way and this milonguero and you couldn't learn it. And oh, I'm so, oh, truly, I'm thinking differently of you now because uh, she'll remain nameless. But I said, sure. well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go anyway. So I show up mm-hmm. not knowing. I don't know. Do they dress differently? Do they, do they eat differently? What do the apilado people do? I don't know. So I just showed up humbly. And I remember these exercises where they're making us not touch one another, only with our chest. And we had to lead and guide people this way. We had to lead ochos and things. I thought, this is so counterproductive and illogical. But mm-hmm. all right, I'll do it. But I mean, I, I got it once, I think, the first time I went to Buenos Aires, where I thought, OK, I see why they're doing it this way. Maybe it was a different way to, to approach it as an American, but, you know, okay, it stuck out to me. But I thought, if this is how my comeuppance have to be, I have to put myself through the drudgery of it, then you got to do it because it's for tango. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. What are, what are some bad tango habits you used to have and how did you get over them? <laughs> I used to try to accommodate people too much as a tall guy. Mm. You know, it's, um, I'm, I'm six two something like this, 188 centimeters, 189. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I really tried too much to accommodate people who were shorter than I. And I realized that I was doing that because everything that I learned was, was essentially taught to me by people who were, if they were female, 5'2", 5'3", 5'4", guys who were 5'8", 5'9", and it's a different center of gravity. Mm-hmm. And, and I was too accommodated because I thought as an opera singer, sometimes you, I had to be that way on stage with people to make them look taller or smaller or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, but I couldn't have imagined that I would do the same in tango. And it caused bad posture issues for me sometimes. Yeah. And that, that was not good. And I was searching for an approach to it. But, but that actually relates to the second story that made me feel good. This is a quick one. And, uh, sure. at, and, and Lo de Celia and Umberto Primo in Buenos Aires, they would have, you know, the afternoon milonga with a lot of the, mm-hmm. the viejitos, you know, a lot of the elderly people. Mm-hmm. And I've been dancing tango for a while, and my teacher was there with me from Atlanta, and we were dancing, and I danced with this woman. She's told me, she said, I'm 76 today. And I thought, oh, how wonderful. And sure enough, she had a birthday dance. Mm. And then I finished dancing with her, it was so lovely. And then I sit down, and another elderly woman, she was probably about 80 or mm-hmm. so, and she was with another guy who was probably about 80 as well. And then they both look at me and they go, que postura tenes? And I go like, wow, what posture you have. Mm-hmm. As a young guy, and I thought, oh, my tango heart was just, it was flying through the sky. <laughs> I thought, these elderly people are recognizing it. They vouch for me. It's like I've, I've been initiated now. Whew, thank God. <laughs> so the posture issues, I guess, fix themselves after a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really important thing. I mean, you know, no matter how tall or short you are, don't go out of your way to accommodate people, especially when you're taller. It's if you hunch at all, it's a much less forgiving than it is for someone who's who's shorter. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so how did you become a tango teacher then? Can you describe that journey? Uh, sure. It, it came to be also in in my hometown uh, mm-hmm. in Atlanta. There was a group of about, I'd say, eight or nine of us. We were very, very fortunate. I mean, I, whatever woods around, I'll knock on that now. But mm-hmm. that we had eight or nine of us that were diligently, arduously going to class every week on our Monday class in, Atlanta, in northern Atlanta. And then we started saying, oh, well, they have a practica on Thursdays at the YWCA across town. Well, let's all go there. So eight of us would show up for that. And I said, mm-hmm. well, there's a milonga on Friday and Saturday. Let's go to that. And in between, someone would say, oh, I have these Sita DVDs. Let's look at some of those. And we were going nice. to someone's house and mm-hmm. hanging out. So if someone missed anything, it was just, uh, hey, why, why weren't you there? 
And we realized <laughs> that our diversity was spreading. And um, we got to a place where we thought, well, there's some things that we think that we could provide as a perspective in, in Atlanta that aren't being provided mm -hmm. in this way for the next, I guess, stages of this, this community. Mm -hmm. And we said, well, let's uh, have a milonga. And from there it went to, well, I think we know some stuff that we aren't seeing here. Let, let's teach some of that. Let's teach what we're learning from these people when we travel. And it started that way. And certainly by the time uh, I moved to Europe, uh, some 12, 15 years ago, it was. Uh, it seemed quite obvious that that's what I would do. It started off as DJing, and then from there, just just grew mm. to teaching and and adding to it and helping grow communities in different parts of the world. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, so kind of on that teaching track, Julian. In in your opinion, what makes beginners stick with tango? Because that's such a hard thing for communities is to retain students. Um, I think, uh, and and I'll try not to be so damn verbose about it, but that's I think. Right. The main thing that I've learned through the years is that the sooner any student can feel like some element or aspect of tango is theirs, mm -hmm. the more likely they are to stick around. Mm -hmm. And by theirs, I mean, it doesn't matter if, <clears throat> if they feel that their embrace is nice and people are complimenting them on that. And it doesn't always have to be complimentary, but it just, people have to feel like if my showing up to the milonga is somehow mine and that's my ritual, that's something that centers me and makes me feel like this is why I do it. Or if, uh, if collecting music is my thing and all of a sudden now I realize that really makes me understand this more. Whatever you can do and the sooner you can do it to instill or give something to your students to make it feel like it's theirs, the more likely they are to stick with it because you have something invested of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and when you're working with, with students, I probably, I'm sure you've worked with students from a variety of, of different places, but are there any issues with tango, whether it's something uh, to do with technique or maybe something a little more internal that you find yourself having to address over and over again? Um, <laughs> no, never, Joe. What are you talking about? I'm your core. <laughs> Next question, moving on. All right, Pugliese, here we go. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> of course, brother. I mean, there, yeah, there are things that I think intimacy is one. Yeah, and and intimacy in all of its its mask and veils that it wears. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and and that that kind of of course the way that it shows itself at first is is the embrace. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe at first as the walk. I love I love telling my <laughs> my beginner students that I I can see into the tango future, mm -hmm. and, and they say, "Oh, what do you mean?" And I won't say anything and. And I'll tell them afterwards that, that I'll say, I knew you were all going to have this Frankenstein walk where it's like this, your leg <laughs> as leaders, you're not going to be moving forward. You're going to be moving around and trying to negotiate where it's just, <laughs> and I say, no, guys, just, just really go for it. I mean, you know, where her foot was, there you, there you will be and, and understand that it's an interplay. And when everyone is doing their part on both sides, not obligations, but everything that they should be doing to make it more enjoyable, then you go, wow, I can't believe we did that and we improvised that with each other in real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. When, when you, you see them starting to get it, starting to grow, that's such a uh, rewarding feeling. It is, and, and, and I think, like I said, whatever makes them feel like it's theirs. Uh, from, from my students, I've done this for at least the last 10 years, maybe even longer, but uh, for my for my classes, I, I'll during the second lesson or first lesson, even after I have everyone's email, everyone's email, I'll send out a, a Dropbox link or something like this. Mm -hmm. And it's called your first tango album by Julian Ingram. And what's on there, it's oh. 20 or 25 different tangos, the actual MP3s. Okay. And they're, they're different tangos of uh, what we actually hear in class, you know, Malena by the Mare, Alma by Caravelli, you know, it's like mm. um, 
all of these things that practically are going to be there, some balsas and milongas, because I want them to understand that, that they may not know where to buy this tango, but at least they're going to get to hear what they hear in class, mm -hmm. you know? And it gets them used to the, these, these things. And because I'm such an audiophile, if they have any questions, just say, hey, I really like these uh, milongas. Can you send me more of those? Well, sure I can, because you're in this family now. Yeah. You know? And until you find your way about your own path, then you have to have those brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts and those people that encourage you in this family. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. So Julian, you seem to be all over the world. I mean, I was kind of going through your, your Facebook, not that I'm stalking you or anything, but it says that, <laughs> that you also spend a, a considerable amount of time in Germany, in, in Dresden. I did, I did, yeah. I did, in Dresden, yeah. Well, what I brought did. you there? Oh my gosh, this is the one that's uh, actually not, not tango related at all. It's, um, I was living in Prague. I'd been living in Prague for probably four years at that point, maybe five after living in Budapest for those, wow. um, <laughs> I think six years. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it, but it happened. Um, and I was looking to expand, but I was also, I fell in love with someone. Mm. Yeah. I fell in love with a German woman. Um, and I'd already been visiting Dresden, going there for events from Prague and other things. And I thought, wow, okay. Uh, I never really as a tango person, I never really got so involved in, in relationships with, with tango people. Mm -hmm. It was just something I think as a, I don't know, something you learn through the years where in order to be respectful to the thing that you do, to the sensuality of tango, I think sometimes I tried to stay away from relationships within tango because it's so very easy yeah. for tango to go from being sensual in its truest sense to becoming sexual. And, mm -hmm. and those things get more, and, but anyhow, all that's to say that I ended up being with someone and mm. uh, I moved to Dresden and was there for a while. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Prague and also into Hungary. Uh, was this for tango or was this for opera singing? Um, a little bit of both. Uh, Hungary actually started out when I first moved there. Uh, I was doing public relations work for a Buddhist network. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Quite uh, I, life you've had. <laughs> I, if if I hadn't lived it, brother, like I honestly wouldn't believe that it happened. But somehow, Tango's been there through all of it. But yeah, I was a public relations director for a Buddhist network that worked specifically on how to integrate and help Roma and Gypsy culture and families assimilate back into Hungarian culture. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when, so in all these places, how Tango was was with you. There must be some really interesting uh, people-watching opportunities that you've gotten when you're observing <laughs> people from different, from different cultures. <laughs> yeah, and, and, being, and being someone who's, who's fascinated by nonverbal communication in general mm -hmm. and someone who, by, and even by, in some regard, I guess, neurolinguistic programming and, and just social dynamic and Gustav Le Bon and, and these mm -hmm. group dynamic theories, it really fascinates me to, to be around people and sometimes not even just to talk, but just to be in the, in the milonga and see how that dynamic is changing. And as a DJ, God mm. Almighty, that has helped in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because one, one cool thing, when I, when I first met you last summer in L.A., one thing, <laughs> you know, I just kind of walked up to you while you were DJing, and uh, you were talking a little bit about how you you know, keep a lot of your old playlists and you take notes after the events that you DJ, which is a great idea. I think I'm going to start doing that myself. And you kind of say to yourself, okay, you know, uh, you know, these, these stats worked great or these didn't work so well. And you kind of have this, this little database that you've checked. Have you noticed any interesting patterns or any, uh, I guess, <laughs> any, <laughs> any graphs that you can draw or something, but yeah, well, what have you learned from, from doing that about communities <clears throat> and, and dancers? 
Uh, oh, okay. Um, what what have I learned about those communities, or about their dancing, or about myself, or about well, the? However, you want to take the the question, but that's such a great thing to do is the the, the note taking aspect of. Oh, it. thank you, you brother. It, it it came that came to be because of just realizing that uh, being admittedly ignorant about anything and not feeling mm -hmm. like to be ashamed of it. That was that you know you you grow from that because yeah. it's. I think like our past should be cradles that we grow from and not graves that we die in and mm. so why would i set myself up to die in this grave of ignorance and so i just started taking notes and then i'd seen some other djs who would take them i think shorty myers years ago would make little little comments here and there it it, it just grew and grew and grew but things that i notice about let's see communities yeah you really start to notice things about uh the first thing was noticing the difference between weekday milongas and weekend milongas oh yeah, and depending on the city you were in, and depending on the the level of the the community, and depending on the diversity of that community, really said a lot about the music that I found myself not only playing, but even writing notes and saying, "I wish I'd played that," or "They they look like they want that, but mm. I did this." And yeah, that that was that was nice, especially once I had my own regular weekday or weekend milonga on Saturday in Budapest, mm -hmm. um, where I could take notes all the time. So essentially, I, I could have, if I wanted to, maybe fifty different notes mm -hmm. from 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 an entire year amidst traveling to other local or close by cities mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah you learn something about that you like you learn what what gets people through the week you learn what gets people through the weekend you learn what gets people through sunday you learn what prepares them for the week mm -hmm. you learn how how people dance and what they're they're asking for and you learn how how to give them certain things that they don't even know that they're asking for their their bodies are and then mm -hmm. we start okay we, when we go deeper into that then we get a bit more mm -hmm. esoteric and nerdy about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just just it's really cool how you brought up the difference between weekday and weekend malongas. What were some things that, that maybe surprised you? That you couldn't be cliche even for, say, a weekday milonga. Mm. You know, like I, I couldn't just get away with say, oh, I'm going to throw in some quita to pirincho or don pancho just because it's Wednesday. He, 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 ha, ha, ha. Ah. It's like, no, nah, wait a minute. It's like it might have been a tough week, but it, it's not a it's not a, a, a week full of folly. You know, I, uh -huh. I still need maybe, okay, maybe give me some deeper, darker Rodriguez instead of giving me that. But, but respect me on the floor while I'm here at least. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah, these little little nuances. And the same for the weekend. It's not to say that you could just always go heavy on the weekend. Sometimes mm -hmm. maybe the energy of the, maybe it's just, maybe it's spring or maybe as opposed to winter, maybe everyone's energy for that spring day and what they did that day before the milonga is more upbeat and it vibes that way. So maybe you don't need to go quite as heavy even then. So yeah, yeah. these things. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But you've been going to all different kinds of milongas, seeing all different kinds of people. What was your very first milonga like? Uh, did I dance that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh your boy oh your boy went and he uh, it was at emory university and oh, nice. uh, yeah they had a tango club there that was run by the students and, and guided by Kristen winland who's a tenured music professor there and mm. teaches tango and such mm -hmm. um as well and i, I showed up and i did i, I my, my teacher at the time the teachers they didn't say anything about the about what you do, like how you dress. I just thought, okay, they look like tango teachers, maybe something kind of like that, which to me looked like maybe business casual or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or, or business casual with a tie and no jacket. So that's exactly what I did. I went in some dress pants and a belt and I had a tie on and I walked in and immediately <laughs> saw no tie. And it was, oh, okay, all right then. Well, uh, I just remembered I have to use the restroom. Yeah, let me dip out and oh. <laughs> That, that tie? I don't know. No, that was a handkerchief. I, I, oh, shit. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> so I went there and had a great time and, and, and danced and danced and danced and saw people I'd never seen mm -hmm. because I didn't realize that there could be different schools in a community or anything like that. And mm -hmm. uh, just had an amazing time. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's kind of funny how you said about the tie. I remember uh, I ordered, I finally had the the, uh, the courage to, to order my first pair of dance shoes, but they hadn't arrived yet. And I still wanted to go dancing. So I took a <laughs> what pair did you of, dance with? Well, I took a pair of dress shoes and I put packaging <laughs> yes, tape. Yes. I, I, took, I put packaging tape on the bottom. Yes, so, yes. so I could slide. So every time I walked on the dance floor, you heard this. <laughs> but so I'm like, oh, these floorboards. Oh, eh? Yeah, but eventually it got so crowded, you couldn't hear the <laughs> anymore. So, yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, I went in church shoes. I went in some Stacy Adams like, like dress shoes that looked like something you'd wear to church. And I thought, well, that's kind of fancy. I mean, it's yeah. for <laughs> at least i shined them right yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that's so funny yeah yeah but like other people they put duct tape or something there's this guy who was a really great dancer he uh i he had a pair of uh, those adidas sambas uh -huh. and he did something oh, right. the, yeah he did something to the bottom of the shoes and he was able to dance and i'm like wow that's yeah i knew a guy he had some pumas like that and it's just like oh i'm so envious wow it's <laughs> so cool that's the tango cool kids over there i want to be like them <laughs> little did i know i didn't i didn't want to be like them i just wanted to be me but it was just yeah. like wow you know what you're doing mm -hmm. you your 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 pumas blow the hell out of like my, my dress <laughs> shoes my church stacy adams shoes <laughs> yeah do you still have your very first pair of uh, official tango shoes my first official pair, uh, I think they're in a box uh, <laughs> in my mom's place somewhere in rural Florida. I think, like, I don't know. Maybe we ought to bronze them. Yeah. <laughs> what, everyone ought to bronze their first tango shoes. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's when you know you've taken the dive into Oh, that'd be good decoration for a place. Like, if you had, like, a, a tango school or a studio, you could have uh, people who have been there for years with tenure mm -hmm. just have, like, bronze their shoes and just have them line the wall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, put them up the on the wall like, like, a, like a pair of deer antlers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? You could make like a 10-point buck out of uh, coming <laughs> That would be cool. Or yeah, or you know how some people, they take old car bumpers and they turn them into really cool sculptures. Yeah. Oh, Joe, we're on to something, man. We got to do this. Yeah. I could see that. You can make the face out of out of out of men's shoes and make the antlers out of. That'd oh, we got something. Here. Like if you said, "Hey, donate your old tango shoes." Don't yes, ask, it don't could be like a, <laughs> a we could have it in a great place, like a tango lounge with like big thick wood and yeah. just this this giant tango deer tango buck. I don't right. know. Right. Yeah, because conversation pieces like that. I mean, when beginners come and they you can break the ice with strangers. Hey, right, look right. at that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good, good. This is getting really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so in all your travels, Julia, no, what are some things you learned from your from your own students? Oh wow, that's a great question. Oh man. All right, so here's 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 a very obviously it seems like it's personal because I'm stuttering and I'm not much of a stutterer. Something that I learned from my students in Prague when I lived there, because mm -hmm. uh, I lived in Prague twice. I came to the U.S. to take care of some stuff, and mm -hmm. and then ended up moving back. But when I lived there the second time. What I said about family before, where you're you're initiated and you're not even initiated, but you're just a part of this family simply by endeavoring to take those first steps. Mm -hmm. I, I really do believe that, and and I, I try to pass that on as a teacher, and if not anything, but certainly as a, as a member of the community. But as a teacher, I was moved by 
how my students really embodied that in this one this one instance. I had to go to Bulgaria for uh, three months, four mm-hmm. months, while I waited on my, I think it was my five-year Czech visa. I think okay. that's what it was. I knew I was going to get it, but I just had to wait it out. I had already begun a, some course, a tango course for beginners. And all beginners, I think we started out with 20. It sort of waned to maybe 11 or 12, mm-hmm. which was okay. Yeah. But they all knew I had to go to Bulgaria. And I said, all right, guys, this is what's going on in the community. These are other teachers. These are the Milongas. This is so on and so forth. I don't want you to stop. I kept sending them music and this and that and had, you know. And I thought, well, that's just kind of what you do. I mean, I know I can't be there for it. If I had my druthers, I would be. Mm-hmm. After three months, I came back. And the first place I went, it was actually class day. I had no concept of whether people were going to be there. My phone was dead. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get in contact with my partner. She had already started the class. I show up. And and every one of my students is there. Nice. And and I'm, I'm disheveled and smell farm <laughs> fresh. I'm sure, and you know, like all parts of Europe. And they're there. And my partner is sort of guiding them through what how she knows how to do it. And they're all hugging and embracing. And, and I'm thinking, wow, guys, you're all really here. They said, yeah, yeah. We took like a couple weeks off after you left, but then we knew, like you know, with your partner here, she could guide us through, and you were going to be back. And mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, really? You waited? They said, yes. And then we went and had some drinks, as is customary in Prague. Had mm-hmm. some beer. And I said, well, you guys, really, why'd you wait? And I said, well, because you know, like you said, this is family. It's like we know that that we could have gone anywhere else, and we went to a couple milongas, and we went to a couple classes, mm-hmm. but we really enjoyed your class, and that's why we come to you every week. And and of course, we'll wait for you. And I was just so moved. Nice. By, by that, that sense of family and how uh, these people who had only been dancing for admittedly hmm, 11 weeks or something like that, mm-hmm. how they were still, they waited that time and were just in love with it. I thought that's, that's what tango does when tango comes together. That's, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it does. Nice, nice. Yeah, I like what you said about you know, your tango community, how it's, it is like a family. I mean, every, no matter where you travel in the world, when you go dance tango at a Milonga, you do get a sense of familiarity, even if you've never been there before so Mm -hmm. yeah in your opinion julian what what are some ways to help uh you know create that really nice sense of family something that all you know that all communities sort of need because it's very easy for for a lot of groups and i'm sure you've seen this where your egos get in the way and people get (laughs) kind of short-sighted but yeah i mean i know it's i know it sounds kind of simple like oh yeah treat everyone like family but you know what are some ways that you like to to foster or to encourage that feeling or create that feeling I can only speak subjectively for myself sure. and, and what I see that's worked, but there's some other objective things that, that seem to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can cite other other teachers like what Alex Krebs has done in Portland through the years mm-hmm. along with you know so many other people. But I realized that for myself, with the diversity of my, my tango know-how, that I, I just need to provide that in any way that I can, in any manifestation I can, that, okay, maybe I, I live in a community where there there's an abundance of teachers, and, and I have to ask myself, so if I'm going to be traveling, mm-hmm. would it behoove me to just teach classes every week here, as I would, say, if I lived in another country, another city? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll say, okay, well, maybe, if that's the case, maybe I'll do more musicality classes, or maybe I'll do, say, more orchestra history classes, or maybe uh, or maybe I'll have tango documentaries that I'll show at my studio or at my mm-hmm. place, and, and just say, these are things that are part of, or having cookouts, or having things that aren't necessarily related to a milonga that shows that we can see and interact and be with one another outside of just sort of quote unquote music in a box. Mm-hmm. And if that, and if that really, if that means just having people over to, I mean, I do have a lot of tango movies and documentaries and, and great things that, that I've shown in communities just to say, this is what exists. This may not be the gospel truth, but this is what has, mm-hmm. has prevailed and to have tango games and things. It just anything you can just to say, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So Julian, kind of looking ahead into the future, like yeah, like you said before, uh, what are some things you do to to keep challenging yourself? Uh oh, I I think I challenge myself more as a DJ mm-hmm. than I probably do as a dancer. Okay. Which uh, I I think in the next five years, I would like to challenge myself much more as a dancer. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to yeah to get in back into that. Hey, how about this mentality? You know, that was so abundant when I was learning with those eight or nine people that I told you about before. We would always just say, hey, how about this? Did you try this? Oh, 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 I like that curiosity, but I like it coming from other people, too, because mm-hmm. I've seen that a lot of times I've been that person, that that super nerdy person that really delves and say, hey, how about this? And to the point, it's ad nauseum and people are like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but um, as a DJ, I, I challenge myself more in that way because I love breaking apart what I what I think that I know and what I thought that I already knew about some pieces and about some orchestras and about some tangos and about some lyricists, lyricists and about some composers. Mm. I love understanding that I'm never going to hear every tango that every of my one of my favorite orchestras has ever recorded. Mm-hmm. Like that drives me somehow. It drives me to say, not, oh, you want to bet, but to to understand that the breadth of how they infected countries all over the world and not just Argentina you can find things like right. I found a great version of La Bien Paga from a uh, Portuguese version of eBay mm. but the the record was printed in France so it was written in French but it's like it, it's just these ways that you dive so deep mm-hmm. and it, it just it makes me excited because I have to remind myself that I'm never going to know it all as a DJ and I can't get so egotistical and arrogant to think that I every time I sit down at a milonga that it's going to be a hit mm-hmm. and through the course of the years you hear things that if you care enough about it i think you remember oh shit i, I oh wait I, I don't even know if we can swear on this podcast oh no that's okay uh, uh, <laughs> oh oh no i just heard this tango and mm-hmm. it makes me think of this thing that i hadn't thought about in nine years let me mm-hmm. see if that fits yes it fits and it sounds so beautiful i had that has to be that way mm-hmm. that really excites me and i love pushing myself that way nice nice yeah so uh, you know let's say out in the longer that you dj it has anything uh, happened that uh, that surprised you, either in a bad or good way? Um, yeah, something surprised me in a bad way. May 22nd, 2009. I hated that night. That was, oh. and I know it was very specific, <laughs> but <laughs> through the years of taking notes, you kind of remember. May 22nd, 2009. I'd just come back, I think, from Berlin. I was DJing for a marathon, mm-hmm. and I thought I had a great time there with hundreds of people, and I went back to Budapest where I was living, and I, I just wanted to just, all right, guys, let's really get down to it. And nothing I could play, nothing I could play worked. I mean, everything, everything oh. was just horrible. It just, I, I wasn't feeling the crowd or they weren't feeling me, but it was the same people I knew week in and week out. Mm. Uh, and so I take notes, as I, as I said, mm-hmm. or as you, as you mentioned before, and I just remember I wrote, well, it, it starts with an F, let's just say that. <laughs> A word in big bold like 38 font in you know underline italicize and she's like oh i'm gonna leave this there and that, that really surprised me because the next <laughs> the next week i think my ego did get the better of me because i thought no 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 no. i believed in some of that flow that was playing mm-hmm. so i'm gonna play the exact portions of some of it and i did and it was a huge success and i thought uh-huh uh-huh i told you i knew it wasn't i knew it wasn't just a bad night mm. so but you learn these things. Yeah. Oh, in one way, uh, my most magical memory that I think mm-hmm. that I may have had was in Prague for the Tango Alchemy Festival. And um, uh, I was helping out I, on the organizing staff, but I had to DJ the after party on Sunday. And I didn't know how many people were going to show up. You never know these things for yeah. big events. It may be a lot, maybe no one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ended up being 350 people. 
Mm-hmm. that showed up for the, the the after party on Sunday and I'm just having a great time. I have on my overalls. Yes, actual overalls. My <laughs> hair is wild and out of control and I keep playing this stuff and everyone's just really responding and the cortinas get longer and longer and then I have, I noticed during the cortina this guy, uh, Nicolas Bonparc, he's a, a French guy mm-hmm. and he's dancing to all of the cortinas having a great time and another guy comes out and dances so I let them ride longer and longer mm-hmm. and then uh, I think, oh, no, 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 I know what I want to play, Make It Funky by James Brown and I have five <laughs> seconds and I finally put it in and I let the whole song play. Nicolas starts dancing around and then a b-boy named Jörg comes out and he starts like battling each other and there's a circle <laughs> forming and I just let the whole song play and everyone's clapping. There's a guy who comes out and does the worm on the ground. Oh god! <laughs> Another guy comes out, he starts doing magic tricks. He's got handkerchiefs disappearing and everyone is just amped up. I mean, people are, it's, it's wow. insane for three minutes. And uh, yeah, that was the best memory. And there's no, there's one picture of it that someone had the wherewithal to take at the oh, very nice. end. But yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's cool how these these things happen. Yeah, yeah. I remember in L.A. I think your your computer crashed or something, and quit oh, thinking. Gosh. Yeah, you got up and you sang the rest of the the tanda out, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really Thanks, good dance man. while you were singing. I'm like, hey, this this is awesome. Did you? Yeah. Really, really. I, I did. Do you, do you remember did. who you danced with? Uh, unfortunately, I don't. But. We, we, won't, we won't tell it. her. We can edit this part out. Don't worry. That's right. We were feeling it. We were feeling it. It was great. That's beautiful, brother. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Quick thinking. Not not every DJ can do what you just did. <laughs> uh, believe me, I'm aware of it. That, that totally came. I was in Prague again, like just come yeah. back off the, off the road for my, my weekly Saturday Milonga. Mm-hmm. And uh, and something happened. Like I think the, the power went out and then mm-hmm. it wasn't charging the computer. The phone was dead too. And I thought, oh no, guys, I have to restart. And so made allowances and said, if y'all don't mind, I'll just sing this time. Because I was freaking out and then it hit me. All right, you doofus. You used to be a professional opera singer and yeah and don't sing these like operatically like the old milongueros <laughs> told you not to and doing the way you know better mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah it, it worked and <laughs> I, I yeah you're right though joe it's like not everyone can do that and yeah. i don't look a gift horse in the mouth for right sure. yeah yeah you use what you got that's awesome great great all right so julian after atlanta where are you off to next or are you going to be stateside for a bit well that's the thing um i mean as, as glorious as, as being in Europe is, I had a, a real force measure to take place. I, I unfortunately, after living there legally in different countries and, and having businesses and teaching tango and having a school in Tallinn, um, I had a. Mm, I actually got deported from from Europe. Oh. I mean, not to bring anything down, but it's not to say that I'm mm-hmm. I'm still devastated. But yeah, it was a real force majeure that took place and so as a result i'm in the u.s the possibility to be back in cyprus and continue to grow there is there but really and truly with the way that tango has changed in the world and even in the u.s i think there might be a lot more possibility in the u.s for for me to stay and teach and possibly help grow a community Mm -hmm. i don't know necessarily if it'll be here in in atlanta in Mm -hmm. that way of course i'm always looking for insight as to what people think Mm -hmm. are best fits for something like that but uh yeah, it's possible that I'll be here in the U.S. for the next couple years if uh, if I don't decide to go back to Europe after this expiry time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, lucky for us uh, in America to to have you around. <laughs> oh man, thanks, thanks, man. I just want to I just want to do it. I want to learn more. I want to mm-hmm. I want to figure out all those things that I, that I missed along the way because of my path that other people who are on their tangle path can mm-hmm. can present. That's just I mean we got to keep it going, man, because we're shepherds and stewards mm-hmm. of this thing right now. And someone has cared enough to learn and to teach and to learn and to teach. And if someone said no along the way, that part dies. So we have to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Well, Julian, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, so where Indeed. Can we f- yeah. So where can we find out more about you online? Oh, uh, my social media presence is not so great. Uh, obviously on Facebook, uh, I do have an Instagram account. It's called Jules Tangos. Okay. It's really a melange of, of everything else that, uh, that I see tango and non-tango around the world. Okay. Um, I've actually have given some thought to, to maybe creating a, uh, a tango lab kind of thing, maybe in a podcast form where we really nerd out and, and get sure. down on how we break things open and say, this is the structure. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And awesome. And nerd out with some other tango DJs. I think that would make me happy. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. All right. Okay, well, I'll post the link to your social media presence, if you don't mind, so people can look you up and learn more about you. Not at all. I don't mind. Okay, cool. All right. Well, Julian, thanks again uh, for, for taking the time to speak to me. I know you've got a lot of things to do, but it's oh, awesome brother. that we got to speak. It was my pleasure, Joe. I mean, really, anytime. It's like, it hit me up for anything. I would sure. love to just nerd out even more. Yeah. The deeper, the better. Yeah. All right. Well, stay in touch. Thank you, brother. You too. All right. That was Julian Ingram. It was awesome to talk to him. And like he said, find something in tango to make your own. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It just has to bring positivity in your life and should help you make things positive for those around you. Thanks again for the fun chat, Julian. And thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a quick moment to subscribe and please leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. That helps out a lot. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.